together father lord truly we love you father with all of our hearts we're so thankful lord for all that you've done for us in our lives lord been with us every step of the way lord thank you for lord your leadership and your guidance lord in our lives thank you father for all that you've done lord forgiveness of our sins lord grace and mercy you bestowed upon us lord what marvelous amazing grace lord Father, we ask for all these needs, Lord, in the body, Lord, suffering all, all around us, Lord, and request after request coming in, Lord. God, we know in the moments like these, Lord, you show yourself to be God. Lord, may you show yourself to your people, I pray. Show yourself to every heart and every life, Father, that we know that no matter what we go through, no matter what sickness we face, no matter what trouble that we have, there's nothing too hard for you, Lord. And you're, you're, you're in control of every situation, Lord. And what confidence and peace that gives us today. Lord, we commit this service to you, Lord. We give it all to you. God, may you minister to us, Lord, and strengthen our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9, if you would. Luke chapter 9, verse 12. Amen. Be praying for me and Brother Tim and Sister Ruth. We're going to leave in the morning and, and go to be with the Spencers this weekend. As, as uh, Brother Ron's father passed away and the funeral will be this Saturday. And uh, Brother Tim, Lord willing, be ministering at Brother Ron's on Sunday. So just be in prayer for that. And Amen. We know that we'll be in prayer for you at home and the services here. Amen. God is good all the time. Amen. Luke chapter 9 and verse 12, and when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, send the multitude away that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they said, we have no more but five loaves and two fish, except we should go and buy meat for all these people. For they were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so and made them all sit down. And when he took the five loaves and two fish, he looking up to heaven, he blessed them and break and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were all filled. And there was taken up fragments that remained to them 12 baskets. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Amen. I actually was headed a different direction to about the middle part of today and just hit a little something that just shot through me. And so we just felt to move this in this way. So I'd like to speak to you this evening on the healer hasn't lost his touch. Amen. The healer hasn't lost his touch. I want to look at this scripture for a moment, and it's a very amazing scripture and a very amazing event that took place as God would, or Jesus would take the, uh, the few loaves of bread and a few fish, and uh, he, would, he would begin to multiply them. And I thought it was very interesting because it's actually, as you read about it, it's when the day began to wear away. It was in the evening time. 
And it was, uh, you know, in a place and a place that they couldn't go gather something on their own. As we read, it was in a desert place. And, you know, and the disciples, their thought was to send the multitude away and for them to go provide for themselves. But that wasn't Jesus' thought. He, he had another thing in mind. He wanted to provide for them. He wanted to do something for them that they could not do for themselves. And we can say what a miracle that took place as he would, it was actually the very, very creation that was taking place. Maybe they didn't catch it right at first and didn't see it as he would take small loaves and a, and a few fish and break them and multiply them and feed 5,000 that were counted as men. There's really no telling how many people were actually there. And, you know, in doing so, as we know, he bypassed the planting, he bypassed the growing, he bypassed the harvest, he bypassed the kneading, he bypassed the baking, he broke off a piece and another took its place. And he had enough for every person who wanted it. He had enough for every person who desired it. He had enough because he is more than enough. He was showing once again that he's Jehovah Jireh. And he's the same way today with his healing, with his forgiveness, with his mercy, with his grace, and with his love. Whosoever desires it, whosoever wants it, he's got it. And not only does he have it, he has more than enough. And I'd like to declare again tonight that he is still in the miracle working business. It doesn't matter if you're in a desert. It doesn't matter if you're in a place that you haven't seen God move in a very long time. That does not change who God is. God is is still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He still forgives sin. He still applies mercy. He he still uh, uh, gives a, a grace and love and compassion to whoever wants it. He's got it. Amen. He's still in the miracle working business. So it doesn't matter who says he can't. It doesn't matter who says he won't. It doesn't matter how many rise up and says he hasn't done it in a long time. It doesn't matter how many says it's all gone. It's all past. It, that does not make it so. Amen. Brother Brandon would say it like this. He said, the days of miracles is not past, as says the theologians. If the days of miracles is past, the day of God is past. So if we're still in the day of God, I believe we are, amen, and we're still in his day and his time and his ways and his will, then the days of miracles are not past. He said the days of miracles, you say the question, the days of miracles is past? He said when the day of miracles is past, the day of God is past. For God is miracles. Certainly the days of miracles never will, never was, and never will be past. Amen, because he's still here. Now, doubters may say you don't see many miracles anymore, many healings anymore, many deliverance no more. There's so many that's been waiting for their answer to come for seemed like a long time. Many get weary. Many want to give up. But there's a great news. God is still God. And God is still on the throne, and he hasn't lost his touch. If he healed then, he still heals now. If he saves then, he still saves now. Amen. Why are you preaching like this? Because there's still sickness. There's still sin. There's still unbelief that's trying to creep into our ranks and to the places to where we put God in a place of past or a God of history. But we have to bring him from that place and say God is still the same today as he was yesterday. What he did then, he does now. He's still the Almighty. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is still showing up. His power is still healing. His power is, can I get a witness? His power is still delivering. Amen. Broken bones are still being put back 
back in place. No surgery needed. Taste is still being restored. Nerves are still being healed. Pain is still leaving bodies. Healing's coming to the body. God hasn't lost his touch. Amen. I know what he can do. I felt it myself. I witnessed it myself. And I have found him to be faithful. I've seen him move. I've seen him deliver. I've seen him heal. I've seen him do so many things among us. It'd be a shame. It would be a sin to disbelieve now. Because he hasn't lost his touch. He's still the same unchanging God. His power is still moving. His power is still healing. His power is still delivering. He still restores He still heals. He still redeems. And no matter how many doubters may say it ain't so, I still believe. Hallelujah. There's something about the touch of the master. Amen. There's something about his touch. We can read about it in the Bible. We can read in Luke chapter 7. We're going to go through these really quick. Luke chapter 7 and verse 12 said, When he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out and the only son of a mother. And she was a widow and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. Oh, my. I like to be one of the kind of people that his look towards me is not a look of judgment, is not a look of, of, of scorn, but it's a look of compassion. I believe there is a people that he's turned his eyes to. That his eyes is upon them tonight. And his eyes is upon you. I, I want you to understand that even as dark as it is, he still sees you. It's still as bleak as it is. It may seem around you and problems that you can't handle and you don't know what to do with. God's eye is still upon you. And it's not an eye of judgment. It's an eye of compassion and an eye of love and an eye of mercy and an eye of grace. Hallelujah. Amen. You might be on your way to a funeral, but those eyes turn towards you. You might be on your way to a doctor and get a bad report, but those eyes of compassion turn. Oh, hallelujah. And he came and he touched the beer. He says, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I went and looked it up. The beer. That's a, that's a place, uh, it's actually a thing that holds a casket. And that they, they bear him, stood still, and he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's still a God who hasn't lost his touch. Your young person might be dead somewhere, but God, where there's a God of compassion, can look towards them and touch whatever's holding them and say, son, daughter, arise and go to your father's house. Amen. He's a God who hasn't lost his touch. Matthew 8 and verse 3 says, And Jesus put forth his hand to a leper and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. And immediately his lepers was cleansed. He still does that. Amen. We know what leprosy is a, is a type of sin. Amen. I've seen God come in the midst of his people and take a drug addict or a, a man who couldn't quit drinking and touch him. And with a, such a touch that today he's not drank another drop. He's not touched another beer. He's not touched another drug. He hasn't lost his touch. Hallelujah. He's still the same God today. He still cleanses people from sin. And I'm not talking about a, a change or a, t- a turning over of a leaf. I'm talking about a changing of a nature that'll so change them till they're not the same person anymore. He's that kind of God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 8, verse 14. said, when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. You notice what the theme here. She touches, and they arise. Oh, hallelujah. He touches them, and they stand up. They move up. They move to other places and other heights that they thought wasn't possible anymore. Here tonight, you're here because of what? He is touching your life. Amen. Amen. You remember what that touch was like when he came and touched your life, and you begin to move into places you never thought possible before. You never thought you was able to do it, but God, rich in mercy and highs of compassion, turned and touched you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 9 and verse 28 says, when he came to the house, the blind men came to him. Blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. Amen. Amen. I'm looking tonight at a bunch of people that used to be blind people. Amen. Cankered over with the things of this world, going to a sinner's grave and, and a sinner's hell. Amen. Lost and without God. But God, rich in mercy, touched your eyes. He put some eye salve on there to where you can see the things of God and realize it ain't just an old history book somewhere. It's not just something written about somebody else, uh, some figment of some man's imagination who ate too much of a bunch of beans and, and a bunch of onions, but it's the written word of Almighty God. And not as it just talking about somebody, it's talking about me. God, rich in mercy, has taken the shackles off of our eyes. He hasn't lost his touch. Maybe here tonight you got shackles on your eyes. He still can open them. There is a bomb in Gilead that'll break the shackles off of your life. He hasn't lost his touch. Genesis 32 and verse 25, we're gonna read about Jacob. When he saw, he prevailed not against him. He touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Jacob received his touch and it changed him. He walked different. He thought different. He acted different. He wasn't the same man. Matter of fact, he didn't even go by the same name no more. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're looking at a lot of people tonight that don't go by the same name no more. Because God touched you in your life. Amen. One day you went by the name of deceiver, went by the name of drug addict, or went by the name of drunk, or went by the name of whatever kind of name the devil tried to put on you. But one day you met an angel. And he had lost his touch. And the same angel that touched Jacob and changed his name now changes your name from deceiver to redeemed. From, from a sinner to forgiven. Amen. From godless to a son of God. Amen. He hasn't lost his touch. We read in Daniel 8 and verse 18. said, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground, but he touched me and he set me upright. Woo. Hallelujah. Now he's talking to some chosen people. Amen, once you was down on your ground, on the ground looking the wrong way, but God said, I got something to show you. 
Amen. I want you to change your position here. You're not, you're not being, that's not what you're made for to be in the dirt and your face down in the dirt and the devil rubbing you in the dirt. But I want you to, I want to touch you and lift you up and set you up right because I got some things to show you. I want to make thee known what shall be at the last end for at the time appointed the end shall be. Hallelujah. He's brought a people that had their face the wrong way and they was down and they was in a deep slumber and a deep sleep. But by the touch of the master, he brought them out of that darkness into the marvelous light that their eyes can be opened. Because I got some stuff to show you. I want to show you my word. I want to reveal to who you are. I want to give you my love and my grace. Sit upright. Hallelujah. He hasn't lost his touch. Amen. You remember that. You were sitting in darkness. He would say that about a people that was there in the second exodus. He said there was a people who sat in darkness, but they saw a marvelous light. Amen. There was something he wanted to show them, awaking them out of the place that they were. Amen. That's what the word is trying to do to you, awaken you. It's a deep that calleth unto the deep. It's a deep that's trying to touch you deeper than you've ever been touched. Amen, a place, amen, where God can reveal the secrets of his heart. Amen, that's why this word is so important to a believer. Because they know what it does when it touches their life. They know what it does when it changes them. It changes their attitude. It changes their thought process. It changes everything about them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This master hasn't lost his touch. Amen. I don't care. You may have been sick for a long time. And Brother Ron, you've been dealing with it for two years now, over two years. But the master hadn't lost his touch. We got witnesses here tonight. God heals cancer. By the miraculous hand of God. Amen. Let me tell you, it wasn't the medicine that did it. God uses that, but what happened? That was a supernatural event that took place right here before. How many witnessed that? Come on, let me get some hands. How many witnessed that? That was a miraculous event that took place. It was the touch of the healer who would reach down and touch a little frail body. Amen. When the medicine was almost trying to kill her and she couldn't hardly rise up, but that day she said, I want to go to church. Because she knew being in his presence, what it would do to her. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Listen, we ain't dependent on medicine for Brother Ron's situation. I'm going to be honest with you. Medicine really ain't got a good end to it in this situation. Amen. What's got a good end is the touch of the master. And I'm here to witness tonight. Amen. By the presence of Almighty God, God hasn't lost his touch. He healed cancer one time. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. Let me get to, uh, this is at the end, but I can't save it to the end. Come on. Amen. That's just too good to save. How many righteous we got in the house tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. I'm about to go back, so you're going to give me some grace. This scripture came to me about made me do a flip. Isaiah 3, 10 says, say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him. Hallelujah. Let that word break forth tonight. Say to the righteous, it shall be well. 
Why? Because he ain't lost his touch. He's still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still my God. Cancer can't stop him. High blood pressure can't stop him. Drugs can't stop him. Every kind of evil can't stop him. There ain't enough devils in hell that can stop my God. He hasn't lost his touch. Come on, rejoice in this God we got tonight. He's here to touch you tonight. Maybe you've had withered hands, or you've had withered this and that, but God is here to touch you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of God. He ain't lost his touch. <laughs> he proved it over and over what kind of touch he had. And the same touch he had is the same touch he has. Hallelujah. Maybe you feel like today, like these two men I'm about to read about, Cleopas and his buddy, on the way to Emmaus, Luke chapter 4 and verse 13. So two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus. It was in a dark time. What seemed like a dark time, but it was one of the greatest times. And this is where I was going to go this evening. was out of darkness and into light during chaos. And here they were, seemed like in chaos. Everything around them had changed very quickly and very rapidly. The one they loved and been following for years had now been put on a cross and put in a grave. But what they failed to realize that morning they're walking and they're in the mully grubs, he's risen. <laughs> and they talked together of all these things which had happened and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding. They should, they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answered and said unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast thou not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, what things? And said, concerning Jesus of Nazareth with the prophet Matthew indeed word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and all the rulers delivered him to be condemned to the death and crucified him. But we trusted he, that, that it had been he which would have redeemed Israel. Besides all this to this day, the third day since these things were done. But now certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were of the early at the sepulcher, and they found not his body, and said they seen visions of angels which said that he's alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women said. But him they saw not. He said, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, to enter in his glory? And beginning at Moses, all the prophets expounded to them all the scriptures, things concerning himself. And they drew nigh into the village. Whether they went, he made as though he would go further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward evening, the day is far spent. Notice again, toward the evening time. Where are we at? The evening time. The day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, he sat at meat with them and took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they knew him. Uh-oh. 
The master had lost his touch. What do you think happened? It wasn't just the way he tore a piece of bread in the sense of taking a, a piece of bread and just tearing it in half and here's your piece and here's your... No, he took a piece of bread and he tore it off and another one took his place. He took a... He had lost his touch. He was showing you in this day that I'm the same Jesus that was before I went to the cross. I've risen from the grave. I'm still the same and I haven't lost my touch. So if I pulled off a piece of bread and gave it to one, you can have a piece of bread if you want it. You can have healing if you want it. You can have deliverance if you want it. I got more than enough. And listen, he done it in our generation for for years through a prophet's ministry. He tore off piece of bread after piece of bread after piece of bread and it showed healing after healing, deliverance after deliverance. Listen, he ain't run out of bread because he said, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. He is still there creating and moving and changing and healing and delivering and doing all the things he did before because he hasn't lost his touch. You might be sick tonight, but there's a piece of bread for you. You might be down in the dumps tonight, but there's a piece of bread for you. You might be depressed and all down and wondering how it's all going to happen, how it's all going to take place. And meanwhile, there's a resurrected Jesus Christ walking in your midst. I say tonight, may he do what he did before. Tear off a piece of bread and show you I am in the midst. The Lord is risen. Brother Brandon would say like this. He said, that one beautiful thought of Christianity, even today, as we speak of this marvelous gospel, we don't have to take a hearsay or a historical thing because it's been proven that Jesus Christ lives and reigns and is raised from the dead and is alive forevermore. What do you think happened in our midst the other morning? It was bread being tore off. It was healing being tore off. He paid for it at Calvary. If you happen to walk in that line and you haven't received it yet, don't give up. You already seen the signs of it, so you know he was there. Amen. Amen. You saw him put a little girl's bones back together where she didn't have to have surgery. That was a miracle. Amen. Amen. You saw him restore taste. Brother Derek came and said, I want my taste back. I'm not going to settle with the devil. I want it back. And by the next Sunday morning, God came by and healed him. It was a piece of bread handed to him. It was a t- that bread tasted good, didn't it? Amen. What was it? When he came by to that psych, I want to call it a psychotic nerve. I know that ain't what it is. Sciatic. Makes you psychotic. Thank you, Brother Philip. I got that from you. Amen. It makes you sometimes psychotic. But he would come by and he would heal a, a sci- sciatic nerve. Whatever it is, still a devil gets on a body and tries to anoint it, but God came by with a piece of bread that morning and said, here's your peace. Others have been suffering with COVID and God came by that morning and said, here's your peace. If you happen to be in that line, I wouldn't get out. I would wait till I got to eat that piece of bread and God began to work in my body and changed it in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We know about his touch. 
He hadn't lost it. We, we know the story of those two women. I, it's just too powerful to pass up. Those two women in the neighborhood that morning. Amen. Got up. One was fixing breakfast. And, and she thought, man, I'm hungry. And, but I don't know if I can. If I, but, you know, she's thinking about all these things and knowing if she ate some of that stuff, what it would do to her. But she said that morning she just felt a cool feeling. Ooh. How many's ever felt that? Brother Ron remembers that feeling when that burst of air came over him and gave him a new lungs. The healer ain't lost his touch. Oh, my God. Amen. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. You, how many has ever felt that feeling? It sweep over your body. You know right there, it's over with. It's done. There ain't nothing the devils can say. Nothing the, nothing the devils can do. It's over with. Amen. I witnessed it in my own body, in my own life. Amen. When God would just sweep over me and I would feel that all of that unction and I said, it's over. Why? Because I know his touch. These women were there in that neighborhood that morning. Amen. And we just seen the same thing happen in our day. The angel went through the neighborhood. (laughs) He knows your street address. He knows where you live. He knows exactly how you like your coffee, how you like your breakfast, and what you like to eat. He knows all about it. When he comes walking through men in Louisiana, handing out bread. Oh, my God. Amen. That's what Brother Branham said. He said, what happened when that woman received her healing and she was able to eat what she wants? She goes down to the neighbor. Amen. She had had that gorder on her and she got up that morning and it fell off. She's screaming and hollering. She, the woman thought, well, this woman, something happened. She runs in there and she's shaking out the sheets and said, it was here, but now it's gone. It was here, but now it's gone. Oh, hallelujah. I pray this evening we can wave that old white flag of victory. This evening say, it was here, but now it's gone. It was here, but now it's gone. Why? He hasn't run out of touch. He hasn't run out of bread. He hasn't run out of meat. He hasn't run out of the goodness of God. He hasn't run out of victory and peace and harmony and joy or whatever you have need of. He's showing the same mercy. He said 2,000 years ago, he's just as present as he was then. Walking down the shores of Galilee with the disciples. He's doing the same things. He's performing the same miracles. He's showing the same mercy. He's preaching the same gospel. He's not dead. He's alive forevermore. He said, how happy our hearts ought to be. It ought to make Christians today to know this is not some curious philosophy we're understanding, but this is the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's great point. St. Paul said, he said, he said, being the only educated one among the disciples, he said, but I don't come to you with excellency of word or the speech of some man enticing wisdom, but I come, amen, in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost that your faith will not rest in men, but it will rest in God. Amen. He said, how we love that. To know the same thing that Paul preached in the days after the resurrection of Christ is the same thing tonight and it can be proven here again. His infallible proof that Jesus Christ is alive. I was just reading about his touch. Brother Brown, you remember the story of his wife slammed the door and God saw that and didn't like it. Tumor began to grow. 
Brother Branham tore up about his wife. He, he loved her. And, like, what, what, what to do about it? What? He's one morning, he's up praying. And he said, all of a sudden, he came in the room and he said, stand up. He said, as you, because he's praying about his wife, he says, as you say, so it shall be. And he said, before the doctor's hand touches her, that tumor will be gone. He said, she's in the place here tonight as a witness that he, she could hardly go into the doctor's office and get on her gown and hardly get up on the table and laid over there with a sheet. And as soon as he came to take the sheet off to touch her, he looked and it was gone. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, my, my. The master's touch. He can come in a moment. Says, Lord, Ann, I understand you're facing a pretty major surgery with your foot. I believe God can touch you. That you don't even need the doctor's touch. But the healer's in the house tonight. Amen. To touch and to remove the pain. Amen. A doctor comes and he cuts this and he cuts that. And it takes months of healing. God can do it in a moment. That's his touch. Hallelujah. Amen. We saw it as we say it, Sister Lana. It was a moment of touch. It wasn't months and months and months and months of, of agonizing after that. When he touched her in that moment, it was over with. And it doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how close you get to a knife. It doesn't matter how close the devil gets to you. I'm not trying to make the doctor the devil, but understand me. The devil's trying to also touch you. He's also trying to grab a hold of you. But before he can get to you, God already got there. Woo, hallelujah. Amen, we know how the devil tried to do some of you. He tried to destroy your life. He tried to bring every kind of thing upon you that you could never be anything. It was impossible to do anything for God anymore because your life was all scarred up. But before he could do all of that, God touched you. And you're here tonight sitting on these pews. Why? Not because your own ideas and your own wants are here, because of the master's touch. What a marvelous day it must have been when Cleopas and his friend was walking down the street. But they were brokenhearted. Bible said they were, you know, they were, they were down. They were trying to figure it all out. He says, you got to remember, you're not ever going to figure it all out. So many people try to know the doctrines of the church, and they think that's life, and all those things are good, but to know him. He said, that's where you got to get to that life. It's good to know your books. It's good to know your doctrines. But all of that is, on a, is a sideline. But to know him is life. For he that, as he said, for he that heareth my words and believeth on him has sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall never come into condemnation. But his passed from death and life. Jesus made those statements, and those words that were made, that were after there were no, those words will remain after there's no more stars, no more moon. Them words will still be in effect and just as powerful as the day he spoke them, because his words cannot fail. So here they're walking along. Man, Jesus is supposed to be coming. So much trouble around. So much stuff going on. So much tragedy. I, I've heard of more deaths this past couple of years than I've heard in all my life. And 
Surely if Jesus was going to come, he'd have come by now. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's been walking with the church. He's been there the whole time. Amen. Trying to reveal himself and show you what's been going on all down through the dark ages and all through the ministering of the prophet of this age down to our time and where we're at and walking along. And it's in the evening time. And here they thought, well, you know, man, the one we trusted to come and deliver us from the Romans, uh, man, they beat him and he's dead and crucified and buried and sealed had been put on his grave and garrison placed in front of it. If anybody break that seal, they'd be put immediately to, to, to death. And, my, we watched how his mother has suffered and she's had a, oh, my loving mother like that, see her son go to the cross and be stripped down naked and beaten to a pulp and bones and his hands parted by the cruel Roman nails and disgraced and dishonored, heard him screaming for mercy. How could this be of God? How, how could this be the way it's supposed to be? How could this be the way it's supposed to work out? COVID, I mean, we got so much disease, and we got this, and we got, how can this be? And somebody steps out of the bushes on a Wednesday night and says, you know what? I still haven't lost my touch. I'm still a healer. I'm still a light giver. I still can bring you life and life more abundantly. I, I still can save you young people. I don't care how dark it is. It can be so bad they can't even see the, their hands in front of their face and you can't see no way out. But I can still go to them. And I can touch their caskets. And I can say rise and go to the Father's house. I haven't lost my touch. It doesn't matter what the devil's doing and how bad it's around us and how terrible it is and how this one's losing that one. That one's lost this one and this one's died over here and that one's died over here and this one's over here. Man, in one week, they lost almost everybody. And this I haven't lost my touch. I haven't left the church. I haven't left you. I'm still walking among you, passing out bread, giving you strength for the journey. Take another step. Don't stop here. You got to keep on going. We got a few more miles to go. We got a few more devils to defeat. We got a few more services to have and stomp a mud hole in the devil. We got a few more times in this human flesh, amen, to wear that devil out when he tries to come and says there ain't no more God and we'll rise up and we'll say, yes, there is. I know he's still the same yesterday, today. We got a few more times when young people will get drunk on the Holy Ghost. We got a few more times when the presence of God will fall in here and it'll get so thick that the preacher can't even preach no more. We got a few more times of God moving in our midst. Quit looking at the darkness and start looking at the light. He starts explaining to them what's all been happening and why it's all taking place and what's going on and why we're still here because there must be a few more seeds. And some of them might be your children. I'll say it even more direct. Some of them are your children. If I was you, I'd just grab that one. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well. 
Say unto the righteous, your children, you and your offspring shall be there. Say unto the righteous, the promise is unto you and your children. God works all things together for the good. He had to bring them to that, talking about Jesus. How could you have, listen to this, brother, the prophet of God, he said, how could you ever have confidence in your loved one being raised from the dead if only you just had Enoch that had been translated? Or Elijah that went home in a chariot. If we only had them, we'd be miserable. But this man died. He died till the sun knew he was dead. The moon and the stars knew he was dead. He died into everything in the earth and heaven knew he was dead. That he might die the death of every mortal that ever lived. The worst death a man could ever die. But because he died, we can now live. He died, he was mistreated, he came in the way by the, in the, came into the world by the way of a barn, no place to lay his head when he came on earth. He was rejected by the people. He didn't even have a place to be buried. The earth refused him, the heaven wouldn't have him because he was coming as a sinner. Not his own sin, but my sins. Mm. He was bearing the sins of the world upon him. So he was rejected in heaven. The earth didn't want him. They had to lift him up between the heavens and the earth and let him die outside of heaven and outside of earth. What a savior. How could you turn that down, such a person as that for modern theology or for the persons of the people when you know when you know that you've got to stand in his presence in the day of judgment to give account for your life. God won't hold you responsible for being a sinner. God will hold you responsible for rejecting the way out of it. Wow. You can't help being a sinner. You was born that way. But God has given you a choice. Your nature's a sinner. You can't help it. But Jesus made a way out. And he ain't lost his touch. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Mary, no doubt, would think, you know, one day I was packing some water to a well. An angel visited me and spoke to me out of a big light. Said that holy thing which is born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How could God ever permit his own child hanging there suffering, bleeding, twisting, and dying? How could it be that we're looking at any time for him to come from the cross? But if he, they didn't realize, if he had came off that cross, we would be left sinners today. He said they paid him the greatest compliment. Pharisees did when they crucified him. They paid him the greatest compliment. Said he saved others, but he can't save himself. They didn't realize that if he saved himself, he wouldn't be able to save others. He would have lost his touch. Amen. But he had to give himself in order to save others. It was a compliment to him. Them not even know it. And he said in men today... In modern theology, try to make him preach in a social gospel just a philosopher or just a good man or a fine scholar or two lords, just a teacher. He was more than that. He was God himself made flesh among us. He was divine. His blood did not come from any mortal man. It came from the created power of Jehovah God. His father, he was divine. He proved it when he broke the seals of death and he rose on the third day. But how many of the disciples were disheartened when all this was taking place? Peter went back fishing. As did others. 
How little do they know on this beautiful first Easter morning that Jesus Christ was alive and among his people. They thought he was dead. And he said, and so do they think so today. Many people who really love Jesus fail to understand he's right with us, living, resurrected here among us. They teach it as a historical affair or it's a history. The Bible's not just history, it's prophecy. It's being fulfilled even today. He's not dead, he's risen. Amen. There's many fine Christians, people this morning belong to fine churches who don't realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever and is alive among us. Who, who is us? The bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to say among us. Today with the same powers. Say it. Same powers. Same principles. Same acts that he did here on earth. Little does people know that. And they were just wondering. But while they're thinking about it, he appeared. And he comes out. And he said, that's the way he usually comes, is when you're thinking about him. I'll just drop this in because I think it's just real beautiful. He said, that's when you usually find your greatest blessing, you housewives. Children gone to school and you're out by yourself washing dishes running the sweeper on the floor or something, when you're eating your lunch, maybe by yourself, reading the Bible on the side somewhere, when you're on your road going home in the car, you're meditating. He said, then that's when he comes by. But the trouble, we're thinking about too many other things. We're thinking about how bad it is. Thinking about how difficult things are. How dark it is. Quit thinking about that. Think on him. He hasn't lost his touch. They went along the road that morning. They had seen him mocked, made fun of. We're seeing it in our day. They're mocking. They're making fun. Saying it ain't so. He's not coming back. Mocking it to such a Christianity to such a point to where you can't even hardly speak the name of Jesus Christ or even God in the school anymore. But just seeing, just seeing a, 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 a news clip on Fox shared with me, amen, by the Liddells of how they're now starting Satanist clubs in our schools. How is that possible? And, and the man there's crying out about it. It's like, how can you do that when you can't even quote the Old Testament and New Testament? But darkness is coming. It's here and it's getting worse. But that doesn't change his promises. That doesn't change who he is. That doesn't change what he does. That doesn't change that, he's, that he, that he won't, can't fulfill his word or, or not able anymore. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't lost his touch. He hasn't changed who he is in the day that we're living in. The Holy Ghost is still the same. I don't care what the critics say. They can say the Holy Ghost ain't the same no more. That he's lost his touch, but the Holy Ghost has not lost his touch. The same Holy Ghost that changed Peter is the same Holy Ghost that changes you. 
It'll change you from a backbiter and a slanderer and, a, and, a, and, a, and denying Jesus Christ. It'll change you from that to a man of boldness that'll stand there and witness the glory of God and give your life for this gospel. It hasn't lost its touch. How many witnesses we got of that? The Holy Ghost ain't lost his touch. He still gives the same overcoming power. He still comes down and changes natures and changes hearts and changes life. He still saves young people. Get on down real quick. Come down to the place where there's about to pass by. And he said he does that sometimes. He said he'll come right in the service and he'll make as if he's going to pass by. He said, Dad, with you with the heart trouble, Mother, you with cancer that's going to die. He said, well, I've been a Christian all my life. Why would it happen? I've asked him. Why won't it happen? I've asked him. But maybe he's just made like he's going to go on by. He said, that's what he done to Cleopas and them. But he knew all the time he was going in there. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Sometimes he makes like it, but he's just waiting for somebody to reach out and grab his garment. Say, God, I need you. I, I need you in my home. I need you in my life. I need to have fellowship with you. I need your touch. He act like they was going to go on by. He act like it, but they constrained him. Said, come on in. We love you. We want to talk with you some more. Come on in. Come abide with us. He said, can you do that today? He talks to the Methodists. Can you, the Baptists, Presbyterian, Nazarene, Pilgrim, Holiness, Catholic, Lutherans, can you do that? Message believers, can you do that? Regardless of what the church says, come on in. Come on. Yes. Amen. If they don't want the Holy Ghost, I still want the Holy Ghost. If they don't want his presence, I still want his presence. If they don't want his worship, I still want his worship. If they don't want his bread, I want his bread. Come on in. Come and abide with us. Listen to this statement. He's never asked, asked unless you receive. So in other words, every time he's asked, you receive. So don't pass up your opportunity. He said, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it will be open. Seek and you shall find. For everyone that seeketh, findeth to him that knocketh, it will be open. To him that asks, will receive. Not maybe you will. You will receive. But you got to ask. Come in. Come in with us. He turned to come back, walked in the little hut. Might have been just a little small place on the side of the road. And as it is in many of those countries, a little mud and some sticks. Why the king of glory ever was stooping to a place like that. But there's never a place too little. I'm fixing to get to some real good stuff, so just hang on with me. There's never a church too small. There's never a person too rejected by the world. There's never a woman too fallen. There's never a man too drunk. But he will come when he's asked. There's never a man too sick. There's never a woman too discouraged that he won't come when he's asked. If you've been asking, he's coming. If you've been asking, don't worry. He's on the way. 
He's coming with all the heavenly hosts and he's gonna answer what you've been asking. And he hasn't lost his touch. Hallelujah. He said, may I say this even now, there's never a person who's too sick. There's never a person who's gone too far. Hallelujah. Did you hear that, parents? There's never a child that's gone too far that his mercy can't find them and bring them back. I don't know if he's even here tonight, but Brother Justin, it was a witness of his touch. He's still, he's still out, sick. Maybe listening tonight, laying in a bed, lost. But there was a little girl begin to pray. Come for prayer and said, I want my brother back. I want him back serving the Lord. There was a boy in a bed, lost. It ain't no pretty picture. Sin ain't no pretty picture. I don't care who you are. Pastor's kid, deacon's kid, country kid, city kid. Sin ain't no pretty picture. He's lost, but he ain't too far. He's sin but he ain't done too much. He's went the wrong way, but they ain't, he ain't too far that the hand of God can't reach it and turn him around. And a little prayer goes out that night, goes down, takes a right turn, goes down to a stop sign, takes another turn, goes to another stop sign, takes another turn, turns down Bowling Drive, knows exactly where he's laying at. He's laying in bed and all of a sudden the spirit of God, that's exactly what happened, begin to whirl over his bed and say, Justin, this is your moment. Hallelujah. And out of that bed, boy, that boy came into the house of God and walked through the doors in the back with his pajamas on and gave his heart to God that night within about 20 or 30 minutes of that prayer. And don't you come to tell me tonight the master has lost his touch. He still knows the streets. He still knows the address. He still knows where Dry Oaks, Virginia is. He still knows where prayers have been calling and calling. Don't worry, he's on his way. And he hasn't lost his touch. He's the same God. Oh, somebody thank him right now. He's the same God today as he ever was. And he's here to meet every need. Hallelujah. While you was alone and the doors are shut and the world's outside, he's in there breaking off bread. Woo! <laughs> and eyes are coming open. Bodies are receiving strength. They begin to witness, hey, this is him. The one we wondered about it and wondered about it. How's it gonna be? He's been here all the time. Bless the name of the Lord. You can remain standing. I'm almost done. Musicians can go. They spit on him. His face spit, running down his face, rag hitting him in the head. If you're a prophet, tell us who you are. And a little woman running in the midst of him says, What has he done but heal our sick? What has he done but good? He's raised the dead. They'd smack her in the mouth and say, woman, listen to your priest. Don't listen to this woman. Away with him. And said, here comes his mother walking behind him. Other people walking in them same bloody footprints. 
He said, let me walk in them same footprints tonight. That blood that has the power to redeem anybody. That blood that has the power to heal anybody. That blood that has my power to get you up out of your, off of your face and say, sit upright. I got some things to show you. Amen. That blood that broke down the walls of every devil in hell, every sin, every kind of thing. He said, Christ with his own blood as a high priest, anointed with the power of God, raised from the dead. It tore down every dominion of Satan. And he broke down the domain. He went to the heavens beyond heavens. And he came to the lowest earth. He showed that he had power over it all. No wonder he stands tonight as the mighty conqueror today with the same dominion as Isaiah. Unto us a son is born. Unto us a child is given. His name shall be called Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And of his dominion there shall be no end forever and ever. Devil, there ain't no end to my God's power. Devil, there ain't no end to God being able to defeat you night after night, morning after morning, day after day. He is the champion of all champions. And he hadn't lost his touch. He went through the great veil of sickness, the great veil of sin. He went through that great veil of worry. He went through the great veil of fear. He tore every one of them down and sent it on high and received a name that is above every name. And at the mention of that name... Every demon has to flee. God took the lovely one who stooped down so low and gave him a place so high. God exalted him, the mighty conqueror. That's who he is tonight. And every veil of sin is written too. Every veil of sickness is written too. Every veil that has ever kept you away from God is now written too. And you have a right to go to him. Listen to this. He came here to the world homeless to make a homeless way for homeless men and women. He came for men and women who have no hope, men and women who have no place to go, a homeless wanderer who are pleasure crazy walking you down the, walking down the streets today, gambling, horse racing, drinking, drugs, so, so forth. He made a place for them. And it's just as free as it can be. Hallelujah. If you're sick today and the doctor says you can't, will be well. He rent that veil in two. And everything is broken. I'm here to declare cancer is broken. Did you feel it? Cancer is broken. And if he can defeat cancer... Everything under it is broken. High blood pressure is broken. Hand problems is broken. Hormone problems is broken. You're not the one that's broken. Glory! You're not the one that's broken. You're the one that's healed. You're not the one that's bound. You're the one that's delivered. Hallelujah. I would right now celebrate what God's touch has done for me in my life. He sits there today as a mighty conqueror. Listen to this. He's talking about he went down to the lakeside to preach. When he did, all the people came to hear. 
So I can imagine seeing Peter sitting on the side of his boat. Sitting there after pulling the nets all night, discouraged. Been pulling all night. Just need one fish. Just need something I can pay my bills. I, I, I just need a, need a touch. I, need, I just need just a little healing all night. Night after night, pulling nets. Discouraged, and he hears this man preaching. He sits down and says, well, see what this fellow has to say. He said that when that man began to speak, there was something different. He spoke different from any other man. And he said, I can see Jesus moving up just a little closer to Peter all the time. The crowds got great, and he said, I could hear, see him as he says, turns around and says, can I borrow your boat? He gets up in that ship. He says, push it out a little ways. And he finishes his sermon. He said, now launch out into the deep and let your nets down for the draught. See, Jesus never borrows nothing from you, but what he'll pay it back a hundredfold. Let him have your faith tonight. Hallelujah. Let him have your faith tonight. Little boy come one time with some fish in his hands. 5,000 people standing there. Little boy with some fish in his hands, some bread. Very, very, it wasn't very much in his hands. He said, oh my, but when it was put into the master's hands. What could he do? It fed 5,000 in the master's hands. He said, what little can you do tonight? But just give what you got to the master's hand. Launch out to the deep and let down your nets. Peter said, Lord, we toiled all night and have nothing. I've been after this time after time. I've been asking. I've been asking. I've been asking. I've been wanting it. I've been needing it. They were just guessing at it, trying to throw it out here and throw it out there. But now here's come one with the touch. He knew where the fish was because he recreated the fish. He knew exactly where it was. But he said, Peter was there thinking about it. He said, but Lord, at thy word, I'll let down the nets. He said, there's the secret. He said, you may have sang through every doctor's office there is in the country. You might have been through every prayer line that's ever been had. You might have had your pastor praying. You might have had consecrated Christians praying. You might have tried everything you have denoted to. But tonight... At thy word, Lord, I'm going to let the net down right now. I'm going to not. I'm not. I'm going to try stop trying anything. I'm going to believe you with all your heart. Take you at your word and let down your nets. And he said, if you'll do that and you'll start pulling a little bit and you'll start reaching that, you'll all of a sudden feel a tug. <laughs> oh, may this be the night that you put down your nets. You've been putting it down service after service after service. But at thy word, Lord, I'm going to throw it into the deep that calleth unto the deep. I'm going to throw it back in the promises of God, and I'm going to stay there until I feel that tug. And he said, when you feel that tug, you'll begin to pull it up, and it'll be full of fish. It'll be full of joy. It'll be full of salvation. It'll be full of healing. It'll be full of blessings from Almighty God. Say ye to the righteous. It shall be well. Throw down your nets. Put it into the water of all things are possible. One more time tonight. The anointing is here. Throw it down there till you feel a pull. Before you know it, you're pulling up your healing. You're pulling up your joy. You're pulling up your hallelujahs. You're pulling up your glory to God. 
you're pulling up. Oh, praise be to God. He's done done it again. Oh, hallelujah. He's still got enough for me. I've just got me one. Didn't get one, I got ten. Didn't get ten, I got twenty. I got I can't even handle it all. God gave me more than I can even care. I can even comprehend. Bring over your boat, brother. I got enough for you too. Woo! Hallelujah. Let that presence start flowing right now. Till we got fish flopping in every boat. Come on. We got healing flopping in every boat. We got joy flopping in every boat. We got happiness flopping. We got peace of God moving our midst. We got joy unspeakable and full of glory. We got victory in every boat. Woo! Hallelujah! Brother Ron, we're coming with our boats full. Hallelujah! He's more than enough. He's more than enough. I'm going down the net of God's word and I'm going to pull till I feel a healing coming I feel a deliverance coming Woo, hallelujah that's what you do when you amen the word of God you're throwing out the nets and you're pulling I need some healing amen I need some joy amen I need the Holy Ghost amen he got it for him he got it for me it shall be well Fill your boats up tonight. Don't go home with an empty boat. That's that word I'm throwing in this. I'm going home with a full boat. I'm going home with healing. I'm going home with deliverance. I'm going home with the Holy Ghost. I'm going home a changed son of God. I'm going home as a changed daughter of God. I'm going home with Jesus. Hallelujah. Invite him into your boat. Come on now, this is your moment. He's making like he's going to pass by. You invite him into your boat and see what he'll do in your boat. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At that word, Lord. At that word, Lord. It's thus saith the Lord, Lord. I'm not letting it go, God. I'm holding on to this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, my. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Let boats start filling up tonight, Lord. Let us feel the pull of the supernatural realms. We float into places now that we may not be able to see with our natural eyes. But you are the creator of healing. You know where it's at. You're the creator of deliverance. You know where it's at. You're the creator of all things are possible. You know where it's at. You're the creator, Lord, of, of a normal stomach. You know where it's at. You're the creator of normal blood pressure. You know where it's at. You're the creator of normal hormones. You know where it's at. You're the creator of everything that I have need of. You know where it's at. I'm putting my nets in the Word tonight. And I'm pulling with everything that I got. And I'm going to grab a hold of something. I'm not going to leave here empty. Come into my boat, God. 
Come into my place, God. It may seem humble. It may seem like a mud hut. But come in anyway, God. I, I got to have fellowship with you, Lord. I want more of you than I ever had, Lord. Break a piece of bread off of me, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The healer ain't lost his touch. The master hasn't lost it. Hallelujah. Won't you just lay hands on one another right now? Brother Derek, come up here and lay hands on your wife. Hallelujah. If you ain't got somebody, go to where somebody is. Get up. Get out of your seat. You want something from God tonight? There's an angel that says, get up out of the position you've been in and get out of your seat. Find somebody. He's here tonight. Constrain him. Lord, I need you, Father. I need you in my life. I need your touch. I need you, Father. I need the supernatural to move on my heart and my life. I stir it up, God. Hallelujah. There you go. Keep pulling. Keep jigging. Keep jigging. There's a block there, but just keep on. It's going to open up. The presence of God is going to fall on you like never before. And the touch of God is going to be in your life. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I lay aside every unbelief. I lay aside every doubt right now in your presence. I lay aside everything that's been going on around me. I lay it all aside. Oh, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. He hadn't lost his touch, Esther. He still gives babies. Hallelujah. He hadn't lost his touch. He did it before. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. Amen. He's still the same today as he was yesterday. He's moving right now through the hearts and lives of people. Don't give up on that net. He knows where that fish is at. He knows where your trouble's been. He knows your heartaches. He knows your struggles. He knows your address. He knows exactly where to come and touch you. He knows exactly where to move upon your midst. He knows exactly where to touch you. You'll never be the same again. You'll never walk the same again. He knows how to restore that joy. He knows how to restore that happiness. He knows all about you. And he's come to your seat tonight. You restrain him. You say, God, come in my little mud hut. Come in my place, God. Move on me, God. I'm not letting you go till you change me. I'm not letting you go till you touch me. I got you now. I'm not letting you go. Oh, if you could only realize who you got a hold of tonight. It's more than your wife. It's more than your husband. It's a seed gene of God on the inside of it. It's more than just a friend. It's God building flesh. Yes, that's it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for healing the Lord. Thank you for delivering the Lord. The Spirit is haunting me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for deliverance from that thing. Thank you, Jesus. There ought to be some mamas and daddies that thank you, Lord, for bringing my child back. Thank you, Lord, that they're going to walk through these doors. And they're going to give praise to Almighty God. And we're going to kill the fatted calf. We're going to rejoice over my son, over my daughter. Because the healer hasn't lost his touch. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's praise him tonight. Won't you lift your hands to him? Let's worship him right now. Thank you for his touch. Thank you, Jesus.